Jose Bautista, welcome to the level of excellence. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 126 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. As always, I'm Jesse Burrell. That's Riley McConnell. And Riley, the Blue Jays welcomed in the Chicago Cubs to the Rogers Center this weekend and did not play their best. They did lose two out of three to the Cubs, who are a surging team right now. But Riley, most importantly, it was Jose Bautista weekend at the Rogers Center. We saw the ceremony. There was a whole bunch of giveaways going out. People were lined up outside the Rogers Center since like eight o'clock in the morning to get in and celebrate Jose Bautista. We're going to talk about all that here in this episode. The guy who really did save Blue Jays baseball for a long parts of us here in Toronto. But first, Riley, before we get into the meat of the episode, how are you? How are you feeling today? I'm feeling okay, Jesse. It was crucial to win the third game of the series today. A must-win game, as uh, and, they said. Yeah. Uh, honestly, man, it's we, we're at the point in the season now where winning and losing games, kind of going back and forth, like that's all fine and dandy, but progress is is so important right now, especially in this tough division that we're in. Sitting third in the wild card spot, if we're sitting in the first wild card card spot, I feel completely different than what we're what we're in now, which is the third wild card spot. I mean, there's not a whole lot of security in there. We're lucky that baseball's imp- implemented the uh, participation ribbon in in a <laughs> sense and, and added all these extra playoff spots. I know it makes the game more exciting. I'm a classic rules and format kind of guy, which is fine. Hey. If we can make the postseason, if we can sneak our way in there, that's great. But I know there's more, um, you know, behind this team. We're capable of so much more. Um, so, yeah, when we lose a series, you know, against the Chicago Cubs, maybe not, you know, a sure a, a sure thing. Uh, you know, the Cubs are doing all right in the NL Central right now. But uh, I just feel, I feel like we were behind. You know, early on in the series, yeah, we exploded for double-digit runs in game three. But again, it's one of those things, you know, we lose the lead late in game two. And then we just, we definitely couldn't even get close to clawing and scratching back in game one. And I mean, hey, I'm just, I'm just happy we got a win today, Jesse. Yeah, me too. We'll dive deep into the series with the Cubs, what this means for the Toronto Blue Jays going forward as we get further into this episode here. But first, guys, this is episode 126. So as we've been doing on our last few episodes, we're going through some Blue Jays famous numbers with the number 126. And I tried to tie this to Jose Bautista because it is his weekend after all, and it is his his guest of the day. But uh, Jose Bautista wore number 19, and 126 is an impressive number, but he never had career runs or RBI totals in that number. So We had to move on from that, but number 126 is uh, the number of stolen bases that Devon White had as a Toronto Blue Jay. It's also the number of home runs that David Wells gave up as a Blue Jay. And uh, number 126 on Blue Jays' position player war of all time is Chris Colabello, who was teammates with Jose Bautista on that 2015 team. He was a good platoon partner for Justin Smoke. And then number uh, 126 in pitcher war is Ryan Tapera. And now Ryan Tapera has been on this list before, but that's just because this list is fluctuating. People passed him. I think Eric Swanson actually moved past him on the career war, which moved Ryan Tapera down to 126 on the war leaderboard for Toronto Blue Jays all-time Riley. Any thought of those? Or are we getting right to the boss, Jose Bautista? to hear i mean we gotta we gotta crack this open jesse um we're talking we're talking about hey there's different generations of blue jays and there's different generation of blue jays fans jesse you got me by i believe three and a half years of age so you might be more familiar with guys like carlos delgado Mm -hmm. um i'm sure we both have the same uh familiarities with a guy like you know roy halliday especially when he was being competitive winning his cy youngs things like that uh but of course jesse um 
we're both, you know, very well aware of what Jose Bautista did on the field at the plate uh, for this Toronto Blue Jays club for a lot of years. Six time and six times an All Star man. Uh, that's on its own is actually a very impressive number. I know. Listen, you can think what you want about, you know, the All-Star game and whatever, but it's certainly an honor. Uh, you know, that shows to me that he never floundered early on in the year at any point. Um, he was always a competitive guy. And, of course, we look back and, you know, we, we look at the uh, Blue Jays record of 54 home runs uh, that he set in his first full season with us. So, I mean, that's big stuff, man. Jose Bautista was a monster, one of the more feared players. And then, you know, I really like the video tribute. Um, you know, got to see Jose's emotional side, which, hey, we're all humans. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, he's not a wild animal. You know, we get to see him on the field in his competitive nature. So, uh, I mean, it's nice to see that. Uh, I mean, he's got a wife and four daughters. He has a life outside of baseball, but it's nice to see him honored. And honestly, it's it's well-deserved. He's on the role of excellence. Um, it was only a matter of time. What he did over the course of the last decade was, you know, instrumental in, you know, bringing T Toronto baseball back to it was. I've heard the word renaissance being thrown around, sort of a rebirth. So, I, I mean, Jesse, I mean, where do we start with this guy? It's obviously well-deserved, well-warranted. Some great teammates were there, some coaches, great coaches to celebrate with him. I mean, personally, you know, you can go back and rip apart a ton of memories, but, I mean, you can't say enough about this guy and what he did for the city of Toronto. Toronto and baseball in Canada. Yeah, I want to touch on that a little bit because let's talk about this is essentially an era of Toronto Blue Jays baseball. Like you said, you mentioned I had like the Carlos Delgado area. Then there was like the Vernon Wells, the Roy Halladay era, which is the era I grew up watching Toronto Blue Jays baseball. The Jose Bautista era really did transcend this Toronto Blue Jays team from years of mediocrity. Because if you remember in the mid 2000s, early 2000s to like 2009, 2011, that area, the Blue Jays were just constantly a 500 team. We were stuck in the rut. We were always behind the big Yankees, the big Red Sox. We would have some good teams where we play well, but we would never play that well. And it wasn't until Jose Bautista came in and when he led the core with Edwin Encarnacion, with Josh Donaldson, with um, a Terry deadline acquisition of Troy Tulowitzki into that 2015 season, with John Gibbons as manager, that really transcended the Toronto Blue Jays from a team that were just, they were mid, they were just there, right, into this team that can actually win and can actually go and actually brought some excitement back into this, not only to Blue Jays fans, but to the city of Toronto and to some like baseball in Canada in general as well. So I think Jose Bautista really does deserve a lot of the respect. He's the perfect guy for the level of excellence. I know a lot of Blue Jays fans like us, Riley, we're young in terms of Blue Jays fans have really been like Jose Bautista is our first guy that we can really clamp onto and say, yes, this guy is one of ours. This guy is one of the guys who did it. And for that, honestly, he deserves all the praise that he was getting this weekend. And he got a lot of praise and well-deserved, Jesse. Like I said, surrounded by plenty of his, you know, teammates, his coaches. I think that stuff's all very important um, to be surrounded by all that and his family, obviously, as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't like Jesse. You've said this to me before, and I couldn't be in more agreement that the Blue Jays now, you know, baseball in Canada, baseball just in general, kind of in our community, isn't the same without Jose Bautista it's in true. the impact it's that true. he made. It was so important. I mean, from, 
I'll say it right now. It was the day before my 19th birthday, October 14th, 2015. Uh, it's one of those moments, Jesse, that I will look back and I know exactly where I was, my reaction. You know these kind of things. Where were you? And and, and like, what was your reaction? We, we will always, it's one of those moments that you will always kind of look back and feel, you know, fondly of it. It bring you joy because you watch the, you know, the video tributes and the plays that he made. I mean, my personal favorite, play um was him throwing uh billy butler out uh from right First field base, yeah i mean and edwin making hey it was a hell of a throw by bautista but edwin making a great stretch and almost like fist bumping as he caught the ball and i i something tells me and i could be wrong but going back in my memory file i'm pretty sure i was watching that game live on tv and it was the top half of the ninth inning or it was later in the game and it was just one of those plays that'll stick out to you i know it, that play also got love on twitter but for me if it's not the bat flip it's that but yeah what a crazy seventh inning in 2015 jesse we all remember that from from choose bat getting in the, the path of russell martin's throw mm -hmm. and the runner coming in to score and then Elvis Andrews, uh, just having, and yeah, I won't speak you. ill. <laughs> I won't speak ill of uh, Elvis Andrews. I think that he is a great above replacement level shortstop. Uh, maybe not now, but was for a very long time in Major League Baseball. Um, like, hey, the pieces fell into place, and it made for one iconic moment in Blue Jays history. And not only that, for MLB postseason history, you will see that on highlight reels for many, many years. Riley, it's been eight years since that day. I still get chills every time I watch that uh, that highlight or highlights of that inning or whatever it was. But if you're a Blue Jays fan, you know the inning. I want to go over some little minor things of Jose Bautista's career and see maybe if any of these are really standouts to you, Riley. Um, a few things. We asked our friends on Twitter if they could come up with some of their favorite Jose Bautista moments or things they really liked. Um, do you remember Darren O'Day of Baltimore, Riley? Him and Jose Bautista always had this little bit of a beef. And I remember it was opening series, I want to say 2014 or 2015. I don't remember exactly which one it was. The Blue Jays were in a very heated back and forth, high scoring affair in Baltimore. And uh, Jose Bautista came up late against Darren O'Day, the little sidearm. He threw a fastball up in the zone. Bautista wallops it to left center field as he does. And then he starts skipping around the bases as he does. Um, that was the start of a big power year for Jose Bautista too. Um, I remember a lot of things like even when he was a journeyman and he was playing before he really broke out when he was playing middle infield and stuff, he made some really good plays there. He always had the strong arm. Um, just, I feel like I'm missing some obvious ones from Jose Bautista and it's just what he did for this franchise has been beloved. Do you have a favorite moment other than the what throw from right field? I mean, let's be honest. There was a lot of big home runs in there, Jesse. And I mean, for me, um, maybe not a lot of them from that 54 home run season. Um, you'd have to, you know, stretch on like, not that the games didn't mean anything back then, Jesse, but it was more the start of good things to come. Like, Hey, mm -hmm. look what I can do with the bat, put a team around me that can compete. And, and, they did. and I will, they did. and I will, and I will take you to the postseason. And Jesse, that's exactly what happened. Like David Price and Tulowitzki are not small acquisitions, not even close. Those at at the top of their game, you could argue that David Price is the best left-handed pitcher in baseball, and Troy Tulowitzki is the best shortstop of baseball at their absolute peaks. That's and it's, it might not even be close. Um, so they they tried it, man. 
We came up short, obviously, against uh, the Kansas City Royals, but there are some good memories in there, man. And, I mean, obviously surrounded, like, give some love. Uh, JD winning the MVP in 2015 as well. And Edwin, you know, if you talk about the power for the Toronto Blue Jays and talk about Jose Bautista, like, the power for Edwin is, you know, he's he's second on that list, obviously, and, but, you know, could arguably, arguably be first, had big moments of his own. But as far as Batista goes, and um, there was, I think, an interview I saw, and this was going back or some sort of lore in my head that's floating around. Um, Vernon Wells batting cleanup. Um, love to, you know, I think there was a series at Fenway or something, and it was just like watching Jose Bautista hit, you know, it's just basically a piece of art really uh, with his yeah. swing going over the green monster. And that was, you know, when I think that would have been like 2010 area before Wells got shipped out to the Angels. But uh, I mean, hey, there's a there's a lot of home runs there. There's a lot of great defensive plays. Um, you know, I think there was a couple where he kind of danced around the seats in right field, going to catch a baseball and, and came up successful. Um, and then obviously, hey, I, you know. I would be, you know, a fool and kind of a homer not to talk about the, you know, we beat the Texas Rangers. We play them the next year and, it, you know, Batista gets on base. He slides in, gets punched by Odor. But it's one of those things who's, you know, he who lasts, lasts, lasts longest. That's right. And we ended up, you know, sweeping them in, in the next year. You know, mm -hmm. same result. The Royals had a good team there. And you know what? Um I will I will take that even though there's no World Series Jesse uh we were playing some very good baseball teams and yes we didn't come out on top but Jose Bautista out of all those players at the time I think you could make an argument he was the top guy in in the, that American League kind of stature of superstars and it did so for 5 or 6 years was yeah. standing on top we could spend so much time talking about the glory days of Toronto, but we do still have a lot more to get through in this episode. Two more quick thoughts on the Jose Bautista ceremony there. Did you have a favorite moment of the ceremony? Something you really liked? Uh, I think, hey, I love the gifts he got that chain. You know, I'm a guy, uh, you know, I'm, you know, kind of not, you know, as cultured and as, you know, cool, maybe as a lot of guys, but I do have a necklace nowhere near the millions of diamonds in number 19 blue jays crest necklace and also um spoiler for next episode i won't be here i will be going to a uh, cottage and wouldn't it be nice to go to a cottage with those, with those chairs. mural chairs <laughs> yeah uh, it, he it looks so good i and his reaction to it was great hey jose bautista i it, i hope knows his worth because he's well deserving of that and more the donations also to the organizations he's a part of is great too uh so like absolutely uh fantastic jesse as far as as far as that goes and the gifts he got i it's well deserved and you know can't say you know i'm not a huge materialistic guy i'm not going to say he should have got more but it's definitely well deserved i think the mural that he got down on spadina here in toronto um was fantastic i can't wait to next time i'm in the city to go take a look at that mural um i really liked seeing all the old players old coaches old friends guys who almost played in different eras i like to see marcus stroman come out of the cubs dugout to give jose bautista a hug during that because Stroman was just a big part of the team as everyone else. And out of all the players, I say that Riley, this is not going to surprise you one bit, but I got to see lunchbox hero, Travis Snyder there as well, which um, I was really cool to see Russell Martin fan favorite, a whole bunch of good blue Jays. It made it the nostalgia feel very good. And nostalgia is a powerful feeling. So I really enjoyed that. All these players were here to celebrate Jose Bautista. 
Yeah, obviously, when we talked before the show, I said I wouldn't reveal who my favorite, although you may know it if you're if around me long enough in my days of Blue Jays, um, watching them be unsuccessful. But yeah, you wear four, you wear 45 for the Parkhurst Pirates, Jesse. There is no mystery on, uh, you know, who you thought um, was going to be a superstar. Maybe flaked out a little bit early. I love to see personally Marco Scudero. He was a guy yeah. for me. One of my first batting stances um, kind of got the back bent in a little bit of a, you know, it's it's a little Jason Kipnessy, not as much elbow twitch, but the bat kind of flared in the back. Hey, Marco Scudero, and we've looked at his baseball reference page as of re uh, recently, I would say in the last two months, best years with the Toronto Blue Jays. And um, of course, I mean, we could go down the list and say who was there, but I mean, great teammates, man, all around the Blue Jays just have such a good fan community and of course like the 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 camaraderie with the players jesse is always big in toronto yeah my last thought on this riley is who's next who's going to be the next player to be joined the blue jays level of excellence i mean so like the conservative answer is obviously going to be vladimir guerrero jr but wouldn't it be i mean let's pretend that doesn't happen maybe that player hasn't been drafted yet Sure. Maybe, maybe, maybe that player is uh, is Davis Schneider. Maybe that player is Barriera. Maybe that player sure. isn't here. Before before the show, I joked and I said, and it's not a joke. I'm semi serious about this. <laughs> I you asked me, and I just smart alecly said with with some you know with some real kind of knowledge behind it. Maybe it's Jared Kelnick. Maybe he go, does his six years in Seattle, then hits free agency. I don't know. We can look back on this. If Jared Kelnick comes to Toronto and in his first year he hits 48 <laughs> home runs, I'm going to feel like a smart guy. This could be well in the YouTube archives by then. But um, I don't know, Jesse, because you never really know what this stuff. But I mean, the conservative answer for this is you'd love to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Because that means, Jesse, if his name is on the role of excellence, level of excellence, then he's done something right for the Toronto Blue Jays because right now it doesn't seem like he is um, even going to come close to that. Some days I don't even feel like wanting to put him on the lineup card, let alone put him on the level of excellence. Yeah. So I mean, there you go. I mean, the correct answer is probably going to be when the Blue Jays do win a World Series, who is the main pe person or people on that team that does so? Um, I do have some suggestions. I'm surprised Vernon Wells is not up there yet. He is still very high in a lot of franchise leaderboards, but it's interesting that they went Jose Bautista first before Vernon Wells. So I don't know if V-Dub will ever get there. Jerry Howarth makes a lot of sense. It might be him if you're looking on the non-player side of things or a guy like Dan Schulman or Buck Martinez might get up there at some point too. Um, but it's going to be something like that. I think it's going to be a while though, unless they do Edwin Encarnacion next summer, which I think could be a good idea as well. Riley, any last thoughts on the Jose Bautista ceremony before we move on to the Cubs series? Keep it real quick. He brought some great memories for the Toronto Blue Jays. His personal achievements and accolades are fantastic. The accolades he got with the team, Jesse, are 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 amazing. And I mean, hey, you look at the you look at the welcoming, the applause that he got. You can't tell me right now uh, that Jose Bautista doesn't still mean the world to Toronto in Toronto Blue Jays. And it's he's absolutely second to none as far as um, the poverty with him. 
Yep, it was very good for Jose Bautista, but let's move on now to the current team, the team on the field, the team that is in the middle of a giant playoff push. And let's go into our series recap here. Game one, the Jays lose this game 6-2. to two. I will stand by that this game doesn't count because it was on Apple TV, but unfortunately for the people who make the standings, this game does count. So Jose Barrio struggled early in this one. He gave up two home runs in the first, and the Jays weren't able to get much going with the bat. They only muster five hits total. The big one being a Brandon Belt home run, his 11th of the season. I thought Bowden Francis looked pretty good in relief and Hagen Danner came in to make his MLB debut but he left shortly thereafter with an injury and Jays lose that game six to two game two this was kind of the swing game in the series the Blue Jays lose this game five to four the Jays took the lead bottom third with the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. RBI single and then Chris Bassett had what was his only real rough inning of his start ended up giving a three-run home run to Dansby Swanson the Jays were able to battle back though we got a Whit Merrifield two-run home run was just scraped over the fence and a Santiago Espinal RBI double late but Jordan Hicks ended up giving up a run in the ninth and the Jays could not score a run in the bottom half and game three you mentioned it earlier Riley the Jays put up 11 runs and win this game 11 to 4 Hunjin Ryu was solid over his five innings giving up two unearned runs and the Blue Jays bats finally awoken a little bit Whit Merrifield had four hits on the day Brandon Belt reached base four times Dalton Varsho had a career high five RBIs and the Blue Jays strung together a bunch of hits and got the balls going so after this series Riley as things stand currently right at this very moment the Blue Jays are still seven and a half games back of the AL East we are currently in the third and final card wild card spot two and a half back of houston five back of tampa and seattle is playing right now i believe they're tied at two against baltimore but either way no matter what happens at the end of the day today days will still be in the uh, third and final wild card spot so although that lead is getting scary as we did mention um riley out of all the things that happened in the series what do you want to talk about first I want to talk about let you call it the swing game here. And if you're looking for fingers to point on where the game went wrong, uh, four earned runs over six innings, you could easily point the finger at Chris Bassett. I just want to say, Jesse, that I thought Chris Bassett had a great start in his line. It doesn't say, you know, it doesn't speak of, you know, how he actually pitched in this one. Yeah, six um, and third, yeah, four hits, four earned runs, two walks, six Ks for Bassett. I mean, but Jesse, two of those ball, the, the home run to Swanson was a great pitch low in the zone, a sinker ball, I believe. And it just got taken out. That's a pitch. That's a pitch that, yeah, maybe Dansby could have been sitting on. Um, I, you know, I certainly thought that, um, you know, it was a, a good pitch. Anytime you get a, you know, home run hit against you, maybe those aren't the best pitches, but me, as far as location goes, I thought he had it. And then Bellinger doing the same thing, um, driving in a run, uh, at a, at a ball that's probably at his chin, middle of the plate that if he takes it, it probably doesn't matter. Um, and then the six strikeouts as well. I thought it was a gutsy game as well. I thought he was attacking hitters. And then, yeah, I guess, you know, when he wasn't, you know, those are purpose pitches, throwing him out of the zone. Those are pitches you're supposed to take. I thought Chicago and Horner did this in another in another play too, where he, um, where he hit a ball out of the zone. I think that Chicago got real lucky with, you know, just putting bat on ball on pitches out of the zone. And um, at, the, at the end of the day, yeah, you get the loss, um, you know, not not charged to him because, um, you know, that's on on Hicks. But I think uh, when you look at his line, it's a lot better than what uh, the numbers say, because he was really dealing in this one. 
Yeah, in his six innings pitch, he had that one bad inning where he gave up the four runs, but he had three up, three down in four of the innings, and the other one he didn't was just a walk, and that was it, and he was able to get it out. So I think a better start than Chris Bassett than the numbers might project, and I have more confidence in him going forward. While we're on the theme of starting pitching, Riley, let's talk about the other two starters who pitched in this series. Hunjin Ryu, who pitched in the finale today, actually, I was kind of impressed. He was coming off a good start in Cleveland, where he left early with an injury, but I thought was pitching well, and I thought he did more of the same in this one. Five innings pitched, two hits. Two runs, but they were both unearned runs. Did walk two and three strikeouts. Only two hard hit baseballs against Hunjin Ryu, which is the big thing we noticed because before he went for Tommy John, Hunjin Ryu was getting hit and he was getting hit hard. If he's able to induce the soft contact, even if his fastball is only sitting 88 miles per hour, I do think it could be good. His changeup is starting to show flashes of what his changeup was. Got three whiffs on 10 swings, and he's been better than I thought he would be so far. So he might be an actual good piece to be the Blue Jays fifth starter down the stretch i got a lot of confidence built up on ryu right now and i know jesse we talk about pitches uh certain pitchers throwing certain pitches and i know that we got richards and uh and his changeup being really effective um but there is a time jesse when we didn't want to talk about changeups where hunjin ryu had one of the best changeups mm-hmm. in all of baseball that's coming off the lefty and you want to talk about soft contact Hunjin Ryu is a master at getting soft contact. He has been his, you know, his whole career minus a few times that, you know, that's probably, you know, leading up to his injury and whatever. But uh, Jesse, like this was, you know, a true fashion Hunjin Ryu start, you know, only five innings and three strikeouts. Uh, so those numbers are low. Again, you could go seven innings and only strike out three. But if those hits are low, if you see the hits, uh, one, you know, less than one an inning, then, you know, you're getting probably, you know, around the best stuff you're going to get from Hunjin Ryu right now. Right now, let's not kid ourselves with Hunjin Ryu. You're not going to get a guy that goes eight innings and gives up two or three hits in a ball game. I mean, this is a real veteran player um, who is coming back from injury. I mean, who's missed a lot of time, missed a lot of time throwing the baseball in the major leagues. It's going to, it takes pitchers times. And sadly, Jesse, when father time is against you, unless you really make a resurgence at the end of your career, I mean, we're just trying to, you know, get what we can out of Ryu for now. And if this is what we get, five hits or sorry, two hits over five innings, and maybe you get, you know, let him, maybe we see seven innings out of Ryu and it's, four or five hits. I'll be super happy with that as long as the balls aren't being hit 450 feet and he's keeping on the ground um, and, you know, limiting his pitch count that way because our bullpen, I still have all the confidence in our bullpen that they can take the game from there, having to get and also getting offensive support as well on those starts. Yeah, and let's talk about the other Blue Jays pitcher who made a start in this series, Riley. After Jose Barrios' last start, you and I were both saying, hey, he's been good, but we're both still a little nervous about the performance of Jose Barrios, and it kind of came back to earth a little bit in this one. Four and a third innings pitch, nine hits, four earned runs, no walks, three strikeouts, Riley. And um, the home run, he gave up two home runs early. And we mentioned it last episode, Riley, how he only had two ground ball outs in his previous start, and we needed Jose Brios to get more to that. If you now look back at his last three starts, Riley, he had ground ball rates of 25%, 12%, and 17%. 
those three are three of his five lowest he's had all season. I don't think Jose Brios can be a very good pitcher like he has been all year if he is not getting ground ball outs, especially with the sinker and his and his slurve ball. And if he's not getting ground balls, I am worried again that Jose Brios, uh, Jose Brios blow up might be coming back in the cards here. I mean, hey, it does seem you know, statistically might like it might happen. Um, this, this in true fashion was, um, a, a blow up start in ways where the Cubs were just putting bat on ball and not even, you know, small little base hits kind of deal. Like they were, they were, they were clubbing the ball off Barrios, um, who was just, Hey, I'll give a guy credit when, when, when guys say, you know, when you hear coaches and at the minor levels of, of baseball say just go out there and throw strikes well Brios went out there and threw strikes Jesse there's no question about that but those pitches are, are, are you know are uncompetitive to the hitter and those are balls that are going to hurt you you can't defend against a home run you always say you can't defend it against a walk you can't defend against a walk but a walk's only one base a home runs four bases mm-hmm. and um Hey, he can locate his pitches, but it's you know more or less like he's gotta he's gotta get the sinker down. He's gotta get his change up down, and I think you know uh, maybe throw the uh, the slurve a little bit more in with a little more dignity, a little more authority, and uh, mix 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 in a fastball every now and again that's maybe up in the zone um, away from the hitter to you know extend on it. And uh, because I do, I do think that he can potentially be a great, you know, ground ball pitcher when he's sure, but I've just simply it. doing those things. He's he just simply has to do those things, Jesse. And I mean, because that's that's what's going to keep him in this league. I mean, hey, the contract's going to do it for right now because he's he's got he's making he's making a ton of money and he's got the the years behind him. But um, for him to be a good pitcher, Jesse, you said it. Uh, he's got to be able to you know get that ground ball rate way up there. Riley, we have like five minutes to go and a lot of stuff to get to. So let's hammer through the rest of this quick, including the offensive side of the baseball, Riley. I had some thoughts while watching game three when the Blue Jays put up 11 runs. They were actually seeking the fastball and attacking the fastball. I think out of their um, double-digit hits they had, I think nine of them. George Springer had an RBI single on a fastball. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did. Dalton Varsho, by the way, who had a career-high five home runs games and has struggled against the fastball this year, took a 95-mile-per-hour fastball and hit it for a home run. He also added a double or a single as well to drive in two more RBIs. It was good to see the Blue Jays come out with a plan. Take the fastball, sit the fastball, hit the fastball. I want to see more of that going forward. And I also want to talk about some swing decisions, speaking of their plans at the plate and stuff. And that is specifically with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. We tweeted this out from our Buds and Blue Jays Twitter account, but Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has actually swung at more pitches down and inside off his, or no, sorry, down and outside off the plate than he swung in any other quadrant of the zone. And that is a problem for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's supposed to be the superstar if you're going to be a superstar, the way like you're not going to reach that potential is by getting yourself out, by doing things that you no- don't necessarily can do. I know your dad was a free swinger and he could hit anything. Vladdy, you are not your father. Don't try to be your father, right? Swing at the pitches in the zone that you can do damage with and the MVP season will come back. So quick thought on those. And then you had a player too, Riley, who you thought was making also interesting swing decisions. 
Yeah, just to go off uh, yours, Jesse. Yeah, um, Varsho, Varsho, big bat. He needed that. It's good mm -hmm. to see him get that power numbers. Whit Merrifield with four hits in the finale today. I mean, Whit at the top of the order is doing wonders. Had a home run in game two. Like these are things that are nice. Whit is doing it all. I made some great defensive plays as well. Um, I would like to talk about real quick. You know, Belt had a home run in the series. The pitch almost drove me nuts. How do you do that? It was a pitch that missed on the outside corner, and he still pulled it into right yeah. center. And for a home run, I thought that was immaculate. Um, and uh, the other one I had, I have two more actually, though, Jesse. I'll be real quick. Um, but Belt in that in, in, in the finale today also walked three times and scored twice and recorded a hit. So that's always nice. That'll get you high in the OBP department. Now, what drives me crazy, as far as things that are driving me crazy, um, you want to talk about swing selection, Jesse. Um, I can almost loop these four. If I had the technological know-how, I would loop these four hits together. And that's Alejandro Kirk game one. These were all pitches up. And he took a swing on, on all these high in the zone like i just drank 12 beers playing uh <laughs> playing slow pitch like these balls were were uh, like not they weren't hard hit i think jesse you said there was the one was a hit and and uh, two were a pop out and uh, and one was a fly out yeah they were all basically were pop outs yeah none of them were hit hard and they were all they were they were i don't know hey i can't say they were all out of the zone but uh, they were just bad, bad swings, I thought, as far as swing decisions. If you know that pitch is coming and you do that four times, if you do that for the first three times, one of those pitches should we pull down the line for extra bases. Like, that's just, you want to talk about averages and seeing pitches? Like, yeah, you're seeing the, seeing balls off different pitchers. But one of those, Jesse, has got to be got to be hit hard. I mean, those were loopy swings for pop-outs. I didn't love it. yes. He drove in Biggio, uh, you know, who scored from, I believe, second base. And that's going to get you an RBI for sure. But, Jesse, just not – I didn't think it was Kirk's best stuff at all. He went he went 0 for 4 in the next game as well and then sat on the bench in the finale. So, for me, not a great series from Kirk. Um, and then, again, like, Jesse, you talk about our big offensive numbers. We got Merrifield up there in Varsho who really, you know, had big game – here and I hope can carry that on. What's been doing it since the All Star break? It's time for Varsho to you know really show us that we won this Lourdes uh, Gabriel Moreno deal in bringing all Varsho here because I think Blue Jays fans are getting restless and uh, what he's done. Five, five, five RBIs is a good way to start. He heated up a lot in September last year with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Let's hope we see more of that with the Blue Jays here. I want to do a Davis Schneider check-in, Riley, after his monster series at Fenway Park. He was actually 0 for 9 with three walks in the time in Cleveland. And this series against the Cubs, Riley, he sat game one and he sat game three. The one game he did play, he went one for three with a walk and a double. So I thought he played pretty well in that game. But uh, there seems to be a plan of attack. At least Cleveland was really uh, attacking Davis Schneider with fastballs up in the zone. I wonder if that's the book on him and to see more. But I want to see Davis Schneider play more. Only starting once here in this series was a little worrisome to me. Um, and then some other things that caught my attention are some news that happened this weekend. We mentioned Hagen Danner got called up and immediately left after his MLB debut. He is on the IL right now as well. Um, 
And then Jay Jackson finally gave up an earned run. He was on a very big streak of not doing that. He gave up a home run to Patrick Wisdom in game three. So his consecutive scoreless streak is over. Quick thought on any of those. Oh, no. And then Riley, sorry, one more thing. Alec Manoa got demoted, Riley. This is what I want to talk about um, because the Jays were going six-man rotation here and we had all these off days coming up. So they really couldn't go six-man. So they needed a bullpen arm. They sent down Alec Manoa. My question for you, Riley, is this it with Alec Manoa this season? It's uh, probably not it with Alec Manoa this season, but if for for me for me to to you know make that fact you know for him to come back this year, he better deal in uh, in Triple A Jesse because yeah. if he if he struggles in Triple A, there is no sense there is no sense on bringing him back up to our big club because Jesse we've seen it we've seen a demotion already. And we've only seen one good start in a very long time from him. And I have no problem with this decision. But if he hopes to get back to the big, big leagues this year, he better be doing some doggone good pitching uh, for the Bison. Yeah, I think in his six starts since he's come up with the Toronto Blue Jays, he's got an ERA around six, Riley. And that just that just will not do. Um, and then some injury notes here. Uh, Danny Jansen keeps getting hit by pitches. He got hit again in this series up in the hands area. I don't know why people keep hitting Danny Jansen with pitches. Kevin Kiermeyer is hitting again. Should be back as soon as his IL stint is over. Bo Bichette was seen running and stopping around the bases, taking some mild swings in the hitting cage. He should be uh, getting a little better here soon. And I still no timetable for him, but it seems like he is progressing. Jordan Romano pitched a clean inning in the rehab with the Bisons. One innings pitched, two hits. Neither were really his fault. Bad defense behind him. Didn't walk anyone. Didn't strike anyone out either, but was up to 97.3 with the heater. Jordan Romano should be back soon. And Matt Chapman pinched his finger while at the weight room and was taken out of the lineup in game three. Santiago Espinal started at short. Any thoughts about these injuries here, Riley? Any major takeaways? Not really any major takeaways. I'm sure there's a lot of thirst right now for getting Bo Bichette back into this lineup because we got double-digit runs today, and that's without Bo. And a lot of the times where we put on our big you know, double digits or we score more than six runs in a ball game, Bo Bichette has got his name all over those box scores, man. So can't wait for Bo to get back. And obviously, Kiermaier, what he's done defensively, Defensively, and you know the sneaky power he's got. Um, it's just nice to have a healthy team. Baseball seasons are 162 games, you know, plus. So I, I mean, you're ba- this is bound to happen. You just hope that players recover. Great, and yeah, bad luck again for Danny Jansen, who is still one of the most underrated players in all of Major League Baseball. And that'll do it for episode here today, guys. We really got to go a long one today, but I guess we were very excited about Jose Bautista and his time here and going joining up in the level of excellence. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, like the video, subscribe to the channel, all that fun stuff if you haven't done so already. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week after an off day. We're going to take an off day here too, and we'll be back to recover the series against the Phillies. Anything to add, Riley, before we call our episode here today? I want to just touch that uh, your boy Nate Pearson uh, finished off the series for us against Chicago and looked, I thought, pretty good, man. Two strikeouts and touched delivery 100. Looked, I thought his delivery looked a little different, too, from Nate Pearson. I, th- I thought I thought he did just fine, Jesse. I think that that, if you want to take away a good start, yes, uh, gave up a hit. Yes, gave up a walk. But for what Nate Pearson does, I mean, he's bound to, he's bound to, he's got a very Nolan Ryan type of uh, approach 
approach. And I thought he did fantastic in the finale. So there's there's a good note for us to leave on. I'm one of Jesse's guys, Nate Pearson. Love that. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Let's go Blue Jays. Thanks, guys.